Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, December 7th, 2017. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio, Beantown Athletics, Boston's go-to destination for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. Today's show is also presented by Ghost in the Machine Tattoo Parlor. Ghost in the Machine Tattoo is Boston's premier tattoo studio, boasting some of the finest talent in New England. Whether you're looking for large custom body work or a classic walk-in tattoo, Ghost in the Machine Tattoo has you covered. Go to their website, ghostinthemachinetattoo.com, right now. Ghost in the Machine Tattoo is led by Eric Reith, who's internationally recognized for his work. So give Eric and the rest of his artists a call right now at 617-562-4089. That's 617-562-4089. Or again, just walk right in and tell him you want to get inked up. And when you do, make sure you tell him, I sent you Ghost in the Machine Tattoo. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, December 7th. As week 14 in the NFL begins with Thursday night football, Atlanta hosting New Orleans. Uh, The Falcons a one-point favorite at home over the Saints. So uh, a huge game to begin week 14. And week 14, of course, ends with Monday night football as the Miami Dolphins host the New England Patriots. The Patriots an 11.5-point favorite in this one on Monday night. And uh, here locally in Boston and New England, we will be fully focused on that game because it really is the final tune-up for the Patriots' pivotal Week 15 game in Pittsburgh. Uh, The big news right now with the Patriots, though, of course, is that they will be playing this Monday night game against Miami without Rob Gronkowski. The last time I talked to you on Monday, um, and and look, I'll get into all of the top storylines enter in week 14. I'll also give you my picks, 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 five games with the spread, and my DraftKings, got to have them play for Sunday slate. I'll get into all of that, but first, uh, before I do get to that stuff, I just want to follow up on a few things from Monday's podcast, because the last time I talked to you earlier this week, I was reacting to the Patriots-Bills game, and I was reacting to Rob Gronkowski's late hit at the end of that game in which he just launched himself at the back, you know, the back of the head of a guy on the Bills who was lying down on the ground, on the sideline, face first, completely defenseless, and and Gronk just launched himself at him at the back of his head. And uh, I told you on Monday, that was an awful hit. It was an awful, just a stupid decision by Gronk to do that. And I told you that he should get suspended one game. I also told you I I wasn't going to predict what type of suspension he would get because it's impossible to predict where the NFL is going to go with their suspensions and and how they're going to come down with them. I mean, they suspended Tom Brady four games for the deflation of footballs, which they didn't even really prove. And in my opinion, even if they did prove it, four games is a little harsh for caring that much about the air pressure in a fucking football. But anyways, I don't want, I don't, I'm not getting into the flake gate anymore, but, but you get the point, right? It's just impossible to predict what the NFL is going to do with their suspension. So I wasn't going to make a prediction on it, but I told you what they should do. They should suspend Gronk. I told you that on Monday. Well, 
they did suspend Gronk. They suspended Gronk for one game. And um, I think that my reaction now that we know it's official, it's a one-game suspension, and Gronk will serve it Monday night in Miami against the Dolphins, against the Dolphins team that the Patriots just beat two weeks ago at Gillette Stadium. Um, my reaction to it is I think both the Patriots and Rob Gronkowski are lucky. I think they're both lucky. The team and the player are both lucky that this is only one game. He's, it, 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 the NFL made the right decision to suspend him, but I guess I wouldn't have been surprised if it was a two-game suspension. I wouldn't have just because of the way the guy was on the ground, defenseless. Gronk is a monster. I mean, I, and I think Gronk's lucky because here's why I think they're lucky. Gronk's lucky because, as I told you Monday, that guy that he jumped on could have been seriously injured. I mean, that could have been a devastating, serious injury to that guy on the ground. It could have been. And I think Gronk's lucky that that it wasn't. Now, what it, it maybe some type of concussion situation, but I mean, let's be honest. When you launch yourself and jump on a guy while he's face-first defenseless, I mean, we could be talking about some type of spinal cord injury with that situation. And I think Rob Gronkowski is lucky that it wasn't, that it didn't result in that. And the Patriots, on their end, they're lucky because, like I mentioned This game against Miami Monday night is sort of the final tune-up before the Week 15 battle against Pittsburgh, which is basically going to be the battle for the number one seed in the AFC, and ultimately the battle for who has home field advantage in the AFC championship. So um, if Gronk was suspended two games, he'd be missing that game against Pittsburgh, and they're going to need him more in that game against Pittsburgh than they're going to need him against Miami on Monday night. So, Gronk's lucky that that player that he jumped on wasn't seriously injured. And the Patriots are lucky that Gronk is only going to have to serve a one-game suspension and is only going to be suspended for this one. He's only going to miss this one against Miami. The Patriots can go into Miami and still win this game. Uh, the 11-and-a-half on the road as, a road as an 11-and-a-half point road favorite. I don't care who you're playing. That's high for me. I'm going to stay away from that one. Uh, so if you thought I was going to have the Patriots as part of picks, picks later on, I'm just going to tell you right now, I do not have the Patriots. I'm going to stay away from that spread, but I do think the Patriots will win this game. It's just, that's an awfully high spread for a road favorite. I don't care who you're playing. So uh, Patriots can win this one without Gronk, but they should just be lucky that they will have Gronk back for week 15 against the Steelers. So um, I, you know, I just wanted to follow up with, with some thoughts on the Gronkowski suspension because when I did talk to you last, early this week on Monday, I told you he should be suspended. But at that point in time, when I recorded the podcast, there was no official decision by the league. You know, Gronk appealed it and tried to just get a fine out of it. But, I mean, that was not going to fly. You knew he was going to still serve a one-game suspension and so that's exactly what's happening. Gronk will serve it Monday night. Can, can you believe? And maybe you can believe this. But maybe you can believe this. But the fact there are some people out there that have actually turned the Rob Gronkowski suspension into a racial issue, I think tells you everything you need to know about 2017. I, I, I do. I think it tells you everything you need to know about 2017. That is 2017 in a nutshell, folks. People saying that Rob Gronkowski's hit and the punishment that followed has something to do with race. I mean, 
I say it's unbelievable, but I guess maybe you maybe you can believe it. Um, you, you know, on the real world, how I look at that thing, and how I think most people should look at that thing, everybody should look at this thing, is that Rob Gronkowski just jumped on a player, launched himself onto a player. It was a stupid decision, and he should be suspended for it, and they gave him a one-game suspension. I think, you know, we all move on, and everybody should be lucky that that player is not hurt, like I said. It's just player A launched himself onto player B, and it was a dirty hit, and it was a suspension-worthy hit. And he was suspended, and I think we all move on. It has nothing to do. The hit nor the punishment has anything. It doesn't have anything to do with race. So, you know, that's 2017. (laughs) Can't make it up. You really can't. Uh, anyways, just one more thing before I get to, you know, this Football Thursday preview edition and my picks, uh, just to sort of look back at what I said Monday and a little follow-up. I, I also went into the Giants situation, and while I was recording the show Monday, I was on Twitter, and I saw the tweet that said the Giants fired their coach, Ben McAdoo, and they fired their GM. They fired their coach and their GM while I was mid-recording. And, uh, you know, we just rolled with the reaction during it. And, you know, I, I don't I don't back off of anything I've said about the Giants-Eli Manning situation. I think that Eli Manning, and again, this is me giving Eli Manning some credit. I think Eli Manning gives the Giants a better chance to win a couple games down the stretch, with, which really could affect their draft, their draft pick in 2018. I mean... I, I tweeted this the other night. Isn't the number two overall pick better than number three, number four, and number five? Well, I think the difference that Eli Manning brings to the table for the Giants is that he could go in and win a couple games, and you might end up, the Giants might end up with the number five overall pick, where if they went with the worst quarterback, benched Eli Manning, kept him on the bench, went with Geno Smith, they might lose out. And if they lose out, I think they guarantee themselves the number two overall pick. Because I think San Fran might win a game or two here down the stretch with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. So, um, you know, Eli Manning was benched. McAdoo was then fired. The GM was then fired. And I guess it makes it look like ownership is blaming the coach and the GM for that Eli Manning move. And it also makes it look like ownership had nothing to do or had no say with benching Eli Manning. And I look at that and go... Give me a fucking break. You mean to tell me, like, how how dumb do you think we are? You mean to tell me that Ben McAdoo and the coach and the GM decided that they're going to bench Eli Manning, who has two Super Bowl rings with this Giants organization. They got together, the GM and the coach, they said, we're going to bench Eli Manning, and we're not going to run it by the owner to get an okay. And, and when it was announced on Tuesday of the week leading up to the game... You mean to tell me the owner couldn't have stepped in and go, no, 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 no. Eli Manning's starting, and it's my say. And we're, that we're not going to bench Eli Manning. You mean to tell me the owner of the team had nothing to do with benching Eli Manning? I get it. He's trying to you basically put the blame on the coach and the GM a week later. But please, how stupid do you think we are? Obviously, the owner was involved in that. And uh, now that he fires the coach and the GM, you know, the interim coach makes... So here's the news this week since I last talked to you. The interim coach for the Giants, he has made Eli Manning the starting quarterback again. 
which, and, and the, the Giants are going to be playing the Cowboys on Sunday at MetLife. And uh, I just think this is an emotional decision by the Giants and their organization. They did not like the backlash that they were receiving from the fan base. Um, and, and they acted upon it, which I think is, honestly, I think it's a pussy move. I do. I think it's a big-time pussy move. The Giants organization bitched out to the fan base. And um, that's where I don't get it because if the fan base was a wise fan base, they would look at it the way I've been looking at it, saying, hey, you can get the number two overall pick. Why would you want number four, number five, when you can get number two? Nobody's saying Eli Manning can't be a starting quarterback in 2018. Can you explain to him, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's why we're doing it. And can't he understand it? That's, I mean, I, I don't get it. So I don't think this, I think this is a dumb decision by the Giants. They're going to go back to Eli Manning, and I think it's going to cost them the number two overall pick. I do. It's a bad decision because I just, I, I just think that San Fran's going to win a couple games, and the Giants, if they stuck with Geno Smith or maybe even went to somebody else other than Eli Manning, they could lose out. And with Eli, he gives them a chance. They're probably going to beat, they might beat the Cowboys now. They got, they're, they're rallying the troops. They got an emotional game. They're playing for Eli. They might beat the Cowboys at home on Sunday. Is that good for the organization? <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get it. They just bitched out. They're getting all emotional in New York. And, and I think it's a bad decision by the interim, interim coach, Spagnola. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But look, Giants are out of it. And uh, it's just that that's a major storyline in the NFL. So had to talk about it. I'm not going to get into Roger Goodell's contract extension. I guess he signed it. You know, he's obviously a multi-millionaire. Who knows? Who cares about that guy? It's just, I think the NFL would be better off without him, but uh, there's nothing we can do about it now. He's signed on the dotted line. So how much time do you really want to spend on Roger Goodell? It's just, I'm, I told you, I'm already, I'm not in the holiday spirit. Talking about Roger Goodell certainly does not give me a chance to get into the holiday spirit. So let's move on from that. Let's get right to it. Let's get to the top storylines entering week 14 here, shall we? And I think the most exciting part of this, this, you know, the preview editions, the preview shows, football Thursdays during the season, this time of year, I think the most exciting part of this is looking at some of the clinching scenarios. And there's a, there's a lot of them out there. Last week in week 13, we only had one clinching scenario around the league and that was last week Philadelphia could have clinched the NFC East with either a win or a Dallas Cowboys loss and uh neither of those two things happened so Philly didn't clinch the division because Philly lost to Seattle and the Cowboys won their game on Thursday night so uh Philly's still looking to clinch so here we are we got more clinching scenarios I'm not going to get into you know, teams that can clinch a playoff berth because we do have a lot of those this week. It's just crazy things need to happen for certain teams to clinch just a playoff berth. So I'm not really going to get into that. What I'm going to, I'm just going to lay out the four teams that can clinch their division this weekend. And those four teams are Philadelphia, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, and New England. These four teams, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Steelers, and the Patriots, they can clinch their division this weekend, week 14 in the NFL. Here's how. Philly, same thing as last week. They can clinch the NFC East with either a win 
over the Rams in L.A. They play the Rams in L.A. So Philly, if they win that game, they clinch the division. Or if Dallas loses to the Giants at MetLife. So Philly can clinch with a win over the Rams or if Dallas loses to the Giants. Minnesota can clinch the NFC North with a win over Carolina in Carolina, or Minnesota can clinch the NFC North with a Detroit loss against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, and a Green Bay loss versus Cleveland in Cleveland. So in the NFC, you got a much better chance for, I think you got a better chance for Philly to clinch the NFC East than than maybe Minnesota, I I think. You know, that's going to be a tough game for Minnesota in Carolina. And uh, if if Minnesota lost that game to Carolina, they'd need Detroit to lose and Green Bay to lose. I don't think Green Bay is going to lose to Cleveland. And if you look at Green Bay, I mean, that's an interesting situation because they're looking at Aaron Rodgers possibly coming back next week in Week 15. So if Brett Hundley can just hold down the fort and get a win against Cleveland in Cleveland, which they should do, I don't care who your quarterback is, you do not let Cleveland get their first win against you in this type of situation, and that would just be devastating because they still Green Bay's still alive in the playoff race at six and six. So and with Aaron Rodgers come back, you got to win that game. I think they will win that game, which means that Minnesota's got to win really to get in. But Minnesota can clinch their division. They can clinch the NFC North with either a win over Carolina or a Detroit loss to Tampa Bay and a Green Bay loss in Cleveland. Then we have Pittsburgh. The Steelers can win their division. The Steelers can win the AFC North one scenario with a win over Baltimore. That game is in Pittsburgh and that can happen. That's a Sunday night football game. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, they just want a dogfight. I told you would be a dogfight against Cincinnati last week um, in Week 13. So Pittsburgh is another one. And uh, if they win this one against Baltimore on Sunday night at home in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh can clinch the AFC North with a win over the Ravens. That's very possible. And then the Patriots can win the AFC East with a win over over the Dolphins in Miami on Monday night, or with a Buffalo loss, Buffalo plays at home against the Indianapolis Colts. As I record this show right now, I don't think we know who's going to be the quarterback for the Bills in that game. Tyrod Taylor got hurt last week against the Patriots, so he's dealing with a knee injury, but we could see him. I don't know. Will it be Peterman? Will it be Webb? Will it be a combination of the three? Like we saw against the Patriots? Who knows? But we don't know... What We just don't know what the situation is going to be a quarterback for the Bills. Even if it is Taylor, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe they lose to Indy. So, but I think the Patriots are going to beat the Dolphins in Miami on Monday night. So that means the Patriots, with that win, um, they can win the AFC East in Week 14. So there you have it. Philly, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, and New England can all clinch their division in Week 14. 14. So that's just a little preview of what we got. Without further ado, we might as well get to my picks because I'm not going to do anything else today. Uh, I'm not going to do any, there's, there's nothing baseball related, at least as I'm recording this right now, that I'd like to get to uh, NBA, NHL. Nope, I did some of that on Monday. Let's just keep it with football for right now for today and let's get to my picks. And every Thursday, I give you my Draft Kings. Gotta have them play for Sunday's slate. 
Uh, last week, I gave you Todd Gurley. That was, he had a nice game for you, 20 plus points. The week before that, I gave you Tom Brady. He had a nice week for you against Miami a couple weeks ago, throwing, what did he throw? Four touchdown passes in that game? Whatever, he had a nice week. Um, and this week, in week 14, I feel like I have another big name target for you. I have another player that, should I say, is a is a lock? Well, put it this way. This player is due. Before I give you that player, though, I need to remind you, as we enter week 14 in the NFL, uh, you got to go to DraftKings.com or download their app right now, and you can play for free by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. Because the question right now is, how's your fantasy football team doing? Maybe you drafted a dud in the fourth round, or your first-round pick is on the shelf with a bum knee, or maybe you have a player who's suspended like me, with Ezekiel Elliott and Rob Gronkowski. I have both of these players, and they're both suspended for me as the playoffs begin. The good news for me is that I actually, at least on the Gronkowski front, I have a bye. I have a bye in the first round of the playoffs this week. So um, the, the Gronk one is okay for me. He'll be back for my semifinal game next week, but but maybe you don't have the same luxury as me. Maybe you don't have a bye, and maybe you're dealing with a suspension or an injury. Whatever it is, the good news is it's not too late to forget those injuries and suspensions and get back in the winning column with DraftKings one-week fantasy football. The best part is you get to draft a new team every week without any commitment whatsoever. So get to DraftKings.com right now and use my promo code PICK, that's P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit for your share of over $1 million in total prizes this coming Sunday. And my DraftKings, gotta have him play for Sunday's slate, is Kansas City Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt. $6,500. That's what he's going to cost you. The most expensive running back for Sunday's slate, just to put it into perspective, the most expensive running back for Sunday's slate is Todd Gurley, who I told you to take last week. Uh, Todd Gurley is going to cost you $8,181. I think Kareem Hunt is a nice little bargain based on what I think he could do against the Oakland Raiders at home Sunday at 1. Uh, the Chiefs host the Raiders Sunday at 1. Now, the Chiefs already lost to the Raiders earlier this season in Week 7. And in that game, Kareem Hunt had 87 rush yards on 18 carries. He also caught four passes for 30 receiving yards for a total of 117 yards from scrimmage, which ended up being 15.7 DraftKings points. Now, since that game, Hunt hasn't had more than 15.7 DraftKings points in a single game since that Week 7 game against the Raiders. So he struggled a little bit. Um, he, Hunt has not scored a touchdown since Week 3 against the Chargers in L.A. going all the way back to September. So he's due for a touchdown. He hasn't had a touchdown since week three. This is week 14. Hunt also hasn't ran for 100 yards since week five in Houston, which was in October. So if you can say anything at all about Kareem Hunt, he is due. And I know the last couple weeks people have been taking Kareem Hunt, thinking that, well, this is the week he's due. This is the week he's, he's due. And he hasn't really, you know, broken out of it. But I, I, I think this is going to be the week. The Chief, put it this way, the Chiefs are due. They've lost four straight. They're coming off a loss against the Jets. The Chiefs have lost, what, six of their last seven. They're in a three-way tie. They're now six and six. The Chiefs began the season five and all. 
They are now 6-6, six and six, and they are in a three-way tie for their division in the AFC West with the 6-6 six and six Raiders and the 6-6 six and six Chargers. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, if the playoffs began today, the Chiefs would be in. They'd win the division, and the tiebreaker that they own is the, what is it, the, is it strength of victory or something? Put it this way. They own, what, all you need to know is they own the tiebreaker, but, but it's a dogfight now. I mean, this is, this is a legit playoff race that, I mean, three or four weeks ago, they didn't really find themselves in. It looked like Kansas City was going to run away with this division. And uh, here, they, here they are now in a three-way tie. So this is a must-win for them. The Chiefs have to win this game. They are due to win a game. They're in their own building, and Kareem Hunt is due. You put all those things together, he only is going to cost you 6500 And I know you might say only that, you know, it's not the cheapest player of the week, but he's also not the most expensive. I'm just going to tell you that Kareem Hunt, I'm picking him to bust out this week, to snap out of this funk, to get 100 yards on the ground, to score a touchdown in this game, and the Chiefs are going to bust out of it, and they're going to do it with the help of Kareem Hunt. So my DraftKings got to have him play for Sunday's slate in Week 14 is Kansas City Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt. At $6,500. And again, a reminder, go to DraftKings.com or go to the DraftKings app and play for free with my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. Which brings me to the segment I close out the show with every Thursday. It's called Picks Picks. I give you five games with the spread. I went 4-1 and one last week. I went 3-2 and two the week before that. So uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And... You know, like like I told you on Monday, whenever you win, you don't hear from anybody, right? Like, like it's crickets from the trolls, if you will. You don't hear from anyone. It's when you lose, everybody's texting and tweeting me like, oh, your picks suck, you suck at this, you suck at that, fuck you. I I went 3-2 and two, two weeks ago, I went 4-1 and one last week, and now I'm looking to improve on a 4-1 and one week. And I'm looking to go a perfect 5-0 and for the first time this season. My record on this season is 31-32-2. and 31 wins, 32 losses, and 2 pushes. Let's do it. Let's get back above 500 on the season, and let's have a perfect week, shall we? Let's keep it rolling. Hit the music. Picks Picks for Week 14. Presented by Adam's Fish Market in Dorchester. Try them once, and you'll be hooked. Head into Adam's Fish Market and treat yourself to an amazing seafood dinner at the absolute best price you'll find anywhere in Boston. Whether it's a fried or broiled fish dinner or a fish sandwich with onion rings, Adam's Fish Market is always fresh and always delicious, and it has been for over 70 years. My go-to, I tell you all the time, is their lobster roll. It's just $12.95. And speaking of lobsters, you can buy live lobsters at Adam's Fish Market. Boiled or steamed at no extra charge. Go to their website, adamsfishmarket.com, right now to check out their entire menu. And when you do stop by on Adams Street in Dorchester, make sure you tell John and George that I sent you. Adams Fish Market, try them once and you'll be hooked. Let's get to the picks. Pick number one, I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars, minus two and a half. Over the Seattle Seahawks, this game is in Jacksonville. Again, the Jaguars are two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. And both of these teams, the Jaguars and the Seahawks, they're both 8-4, and four, and they're both coming off a win. But Seattle's win was probably their biggest win of the season. They knocked off the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football in Week 13. 
And you know what? They did it without their best defensive players. The Seahawks defense, they're banged up right now. They're missing a couple of their key defensive players. So uh, that's a huge win for them. Not just beating the Eagles, but doing it with that banged up defense. Now, of course, Seattle benefited from having that game in Seattle. But still, the Eagles were rolling. The Eagles have been dominant. That's a huge win. Uh, you look at the last win that Jacksonville had in Week 13. Eh, it was against the Colts. It's not as impressive as beating Philly. All of that said, I just cannot bet against the Jaguars' defense in their own building in Jacksonville. I can't do it. Jacksonville has the best defense in the league. They allow a league-best 14.8 points per game. So we'll call it 15. Jacksonville only allows 15 points a game, and they're at home. They're in a heated playoff race. They're in a, a race for their division. You kind of look at it. If you're Jacksonville, this is sort of a must win. I just can't bet against Jacksonville with that defense at home this time of year. I mean, Blake Bortles, he has a lot he still has to show me. I do like Leonard Fournette in their backfield. But um, I think if Jacksonville wins this game, it's going to be because of their defense. And it's going to be because they're at home. So... Uh, Seahawks, they have a banged up defense, like I said, and I think that's going to catch up with them at some point. And if it's going to catch up with them, which it will, it's going to happen on the road. And it's going to happen in a game in which, you know, they, their offense is going up against the best defense in football. So I will take the Jaguars. I'll take them to win the game. And I'll take them to cover the two and a half point spread. Give me Jacksonville minus two and a half over Seattle. Then, uh, you know, I sort of teased this with my DraftKings gotta have him play of the week. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs minus four over the Oakland Raiders. This game is in Kansas City and this is gonna be a highly unpopular pick because a lot of people have completely given up on the now six and six Chiefs who I told you have lost four straight. They've lost six of their last seven games. And they're coming off a loss to the Jets. And a game in which Kansas City, they were up 14-0 in the first quarter. Alex Smith threw four touchdown passes. He threw for 366 yards. Alex Smith had a game for himself. I just think it's time for Kansas City's offense to show up in the same game as their defense. And you know what? It's time for Kansas City to look at their own building, to look at their own home stadium and say this is once again going to be one of the toughest places to play in all the NFL. I don't know that you say that coming into this game, but maybe after this one, people will start thinking about that again. And you look at their opponent, the Raiders, they're 6-6 six six as well. I told you about that three-team tie in the AFC West. Um, the Raiders, they've won two straight, but you got to take into consideration who those two wins were against. And they were against a Denver Broncos team that had three wins, and they were against a New York Giants team that had two wins. So they beat the Broncos and the Giants. They should beat the Broncos and the Giants. I, I just, I don't know. There's something about Oakland still that I'm not really sold on, and I, I just feel like I, like I have a very strong feeling here that Kansas City's due. They, they are. They're due. And um, I, I just, this is it. They're at home. We'll take them. I told you. Kareem Hunt, I'm taking the Chiefs. Chiefs are going to snap their losing skid, and they're going to do it, and they're going to cover the spread. I'm taking Kansas City minus four at home over the Oakland Raiders. Then I'm taking the Washington Redskins as a six-point dog on the road in L.A. against the Chargers. The Chargers, same thing as Oakland and Kansas City. Chargers are 6-6, six and six, but the Chargers have won three straight. They're looking pretty good right now, aren't they? They really are. 
And um, I guess I go into this game against Washington, and I'm going to take some advice from my father. My father has this advice that, I, you know, he's, he's, he always says it, and I always kind of look at him crazy until I see the result. And here's his advice. Always take Washington as a road dog. Always do it. And, and he's been saying this for years, not just this season, for years. And you know what? I don't know what the numbers are. I haven't looked at, you know, just how factual that statement is. But the feeling I get the eye, from the eye test and what I see is that he's right most of the time. So I'm going to take his advice on this one. I'm going to take Washington plus six. Look, the Redskins are five and seven. They're still mathematically alive in the NFC wildcard race. But if you look at that NFC wildcard race, their chances of getting into the playoffs are not very good. They have a lot of teams ahead of them who are on the outside looking in right now. They have Dallas ahead of them, Green Bay ahead of them, Detroit ahead of them, and Atlanta ahead of them. And that's not even counting the two teams who are actually in the playoffs as the wildcard teams if they began today in Carolina as the sixth seed and Seattle as the five seed. So while Washington is mathematically still alive at five and seven, they are not going to get into the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. Um, but look, they have a they have some extra time to prepare. They're going to the West Coast, but again, they have some extra time. Also, here's something you need to know. Washington this season on the West Coast, they've already won twice on the West Coast. They beat the Rams in LA in week two, and they beat the Seahawks in Seattle in week nine. How the fuck does a Washington Redskins team at five and seven, who if you've watched them this season at times, they have looked horrible. How do they go into LA and beat that Rams team? A Rams team that right now is nine and three. And how do they go into Seattle and beat Seattle? Like, how do they come up with those two wins? Well, the good news is they're pretty good on the West Coast. And um, I also look at Kirk Cousins, and I think to myself, even though, you know, there's, there's probably very little hope that they get in to the playoffs, Kirk Cousins, he still has something to play for because he's playing for a new contract in 2018. And... All of that, going to the Chargers' perspective, I just kind of feel like they've looked so good. They're due for some type of letdown. They are. So it's a perfect time to take my father's advice, and I am going to take Washington to cover in L.A. The Redskins plus six over the Chargers. Give me Washington as a six-point dog in Los Angeles. Dan, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles, a two-and-a-half-point dog against the Rams. This one is in L.A. The Eagles are 10-2. The Rams are 9-3. Philly, as I told you, has a chance to clinch the NFC East with a win in this one. Look, it's not going to be easy. The Rams, they're a team that's won two straight games. But here's the deal. I am a little surprised here. As good as the Rams are at 9-3. And And as much as this game is in L.A. And the Rams will have the home field advantage. The Eagles have been dominant this year. They've been dominant. So I'm a little surprised that they're an underdog in this game. I am. So this is an easy pick for me. I think Philly, I'll take the points. I see them as an underdog. Why? Because they're on the road? Eh, I'm, this isn't This isn't Seattle. This is L.A. So I'm going to jump all over this one. This is an easy pick for me. Philly, they're going to play the underdog card and and they're going to beat the Rams and they're going to do it in LA. I'll jump all over the points. Give me the points in this one. Again, an easy pick. I'll take the Philadelphia Eagles plus two and a half over the Rams 
in LA because I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this game. Not just cover the two and a half points, right? Not, not lose by a point. The Eagles are going to win this game. So give me the points. Philly plus two and a half. And my fifth and final pick, well, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday Night Football, a five-point underdog in Pittsburgh. The Ravens are seven and five. And if the playoffs began today, They'd be the number six seed in the AFC. Baltimore would be the fi- would have the final spot, the final wild card spot in the AFC. I just think the Ravens are sneaky good. They've won three straight, and get this: this is a, this is kind of a crazy stat. Baltimore, uh, out of the seven wins they have this season, three of those seven wins have come by way of the shutout. Baltimore has won three games this year. In, in shutout fashion. They've shut three teams out. Goose eggs, zeros on the other end. So you got to look at Baltimore's defense and take them somewhat seriously here. The Ravens' defense, another stat for you, Ravens' defense leads the NFL in takeaways with 29. And I just think these games, like you saw Pittsburgh versus Cincy last week, the, these AFC North games seem to always be battles. Now, I am not telling you that Baltimore is going to win this game. What I am telling you is that in Pittsburgh, this battle for the AFC North, right? You know what's on the line for, for Pittsburgh. I get it. They could be looking ahead to the Patriots Week 15. So I, I just think this is going to be close. Baltimore is trying to get in. Pittsburgh's trying to clinch the division and uh, try to stay in that number one seed in the AFC. I'm not telling you Baltimore is going to win. What I am telling you is that this one in Pittsburgh Sunday night is going to be close. Take the Ravens plus five at least. That's what I'm doing. Baltimore as a five-point dog in Pittsburgh on Sunday night football. So my picks for week 14 in the NFL, I'm going with Jacksonville minus two and a half, Kansas City minus four, Washington plus six, Philadelphia plus two and a half, and Baltimore plus five picks. Picks for week 14 presented by Adams Fish Market in Dorchester. Go to their website, adamsfishmarket.com, right now to check out their entire menu. Stop by on Adams Street in Dorchester and tell John and George that I sent you because this is the best seafood dinner that you're going to get at the absolute best price Anywhere in Boston, again, whether it's a fried or broiled fish dinner or a fish sandwich with onion rings and fries, Adam's Fish Market is always fresh and always delicious, and it has been for over 70 years. Again, the website is adamsfishmarket.com, and again, make sure you tell them that I sent you. Adam's Fish Market, try them once, and you'll be hooked. Thanks for joining me this week. Uh, enjoy your weekend. I will be back on Monday to recap all of my picks and to react to everything that happened in week 14 in the NFL. And of course, when I am back on Monday, uh, the Patriots will not have played yet. So what are we doing? We gonna, you want to, you want to record this thing on Tuesday? Are we changing the schedule on the fly? (laughs) Is that what we're doing? I didn't plan on it. Um, I might have some things to do Tuesday, so I might not be able to do that. No. Cancel the plans Tuesday, you're saying? All right. Guess what? Cancel the plans Tuesday. We didn't think ahead, I guess. We were all, I was only thinking of my picks. I'm just trying to give you a perfect week for picks picks. I got a chance to do it, I think. I'm feeling confident. But uh, since the Patriots play Monday night, you want to do that? Push it to Tuesday? All right. I, I will talk to you Tuesday. Not Monday of next week. Tuesday of next week. I'll react to all of week 14. My picks. 
the games, what the playoff race looks like, and uh, I expect the Patriots to clinch the division on Monday night. So um, we'll talk to you Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend. See ya.